Welcome to the podcast, Too Deep with Dennis and Pless. I'm Dennis Stovall. This is Pless Kelly. And here we cover all of your major college football. Pless, week three. Week three. This is a defining week. If you can have a defining week this early in the season, this would be the week. Defining for who? For, I mean, not only just for teams, for conferences. Right. The, the Big Ten is up against it. I mean, this is, this is it. This is it. If you want to be contending for the playoffs, you got to make a statement this week. You got to defend your conference. And we got some old school SWAC Southwest Athletic Conference um, rivalries with Nebraska and Oklahoma this week. It's a huge game. It's also a huge game for their conference. <laughs> well, speaking of Nebraska, Scott Frost, he's on the hot seat. Did you realize that Scott Frost was a freshman on maybe the most dominant, maybe the most all-around team ever to play college football, the 95 Nebraska team? I did not realize that. That is, is... an un- that is an unbelievable nugget of information right there. Yeah, he was a freshman as Tommy Frazier was a senior that year. That team was stacked. He has a long ways to go to get back to I mean, the yesteryears of Nebraska football. That's the heritage of the program. That is, that is, uh, that is as far as college football teams go, like you said, that's one of the all-time greatest teams in the history of college football. Right. And Tom Osborne. No hex were given when he was forming that team. No, no, they were not. <laughs> it's a different time, different era. Right, right. There's no more Lawrence Phillips types out there. <laughs> no, no they're, no, they're not. For better or worse, they're not. So who do you like in that game, Oklahoma and Nebraska? Well, Nebraska hasn't given us a ton. But college football is very fluid from week to week. So the team that comes out there on Saturday might be completely different. Oklahoma has also struggled a little bit. Uh, we saw it against Tulane. Um, last week they didn't really have that much trouble. But where's, where's this game? Is this in Nebraska or is it Oklahoma? No, it's in Norman, Oklahoma. Norman, Oklahoma. All right, so Nebraska's going to be up against the wall a little bit. I'm, I'm leaning towards Oklahoma. I know that Martinez – this is a big showcase game for Martinez, for the, for the quarterback of Nebraska. He is going against a Heisman hopeful. He, at the beginning of the season, was a Heisman hopeful. You want to get back on some radars, you win this game. And you put that team on your back and you play. You play well. I don't know if they can fix the mistakes of the past. I'm, I'm talking about all of the offsides, the, the mental errors they have, the turnovers for Nebraska, that is. And – I think I think this is going to be a romp. I think Nebraska probably never should have left the Big 12 to go to the Big 10. I understand why they did it. Yeah. But as they went to the Big 10, it just seems as though the recruiting has steadily declined for Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're not getting the players that they need to compete. Um like the uh I think a lot of the, a lot of it they were getting players from from Texas at one point. And when you switch conferences, you're no longer playing against Texas and the, those teams in that area. Um, so they, they don't get to go – those players don't get to go home. So they're like, why are we going to go play someplace cold? 
we don't get to go home to our home state. So that is, that is one problem that they've had. Another one you were saying with, with Scott Frost is the, the mental errors that they've had. Um, it, it, I just think, it, like you were saying, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think that it'll be too much to overcome this Saturday. And Oklahoma is kind of looking to, looking to, to get focused. This is, this is a, from, a, from, a, from a season standpoint, this is a big game on, on Oklahoma's schedule. This is a showcase game. 12 noon in front of everybody, two blue bloods of college football in namesake going at it. I think I'm going to have to take Oklahoma. Um, they're 22 and a half point uh, favorites for this one. A lot of points. That's a lot of points for a rivalry. Mm, noon game. Noon game. You know, the noon games are surprising in that anything and everything happens at noon. Like last week, Oregon – and Ohio State. Or, yeah, the Ohio State. Yep. That was a new game. Who expected Oregon from the West Coast to come all the way over? No one. No one. That game's like 10 o'clock. That's game 9 o'clock in the morning for them. <laughs> so, I'm going to go with Oklahoma also, and I think they'll cover the 22 and a half points. I am going to agree with you fully on that one. Mm. <sighs> Another game. Another big game for the uh, Big Ten. First one, a couple of big games for the Big Ten, but the first one would be Michigan State versus Miami. This is a this is a, we, were, we were talking about two conferences that are up against the wall as far as not as far as making the playoffs right now, and that is the ACC and the Big Ten. These are two teams that when the season Miami had expectations, they they did. Um, they kind of got lowered a little bit against in that Alabama game and even maybe lowered a little bit even in a win against Appalachian State. But that being said, they are still an ACC contender to win to, to get into that conference championship and play and play for that conference title. Michigan State has is ex, uh, exceeding expectations at this moment. They've had they've had two two games, two wins, uh, decisive wins. So they're they're riding pretty high right now, probably thinking they can beat anybody. I am going to lean towards Michigan State in this game, given from what I've seen. I've seen uh, Miami play two games and were not impressive, even though they do have uh, De'Aaron King, who who is it, who's who looks like he's going to be a pretty good quarterback or is a pretty good quarterback. I just do I just do not think their style matches up against Michigan's. Michigan's going to come out and smash them. Try to smash them. They play very physical, much like Alabama did. So I don't think that bodes well for Miami. You know how I like those coaches coming from UGA. Always. Sam, Sam Pittman out in Arkansas, and now uh, Mel Tucker is the OC for Michigan State. And he's in the school of thought of smash mouth football, running the ball. Someone to look out for is Kenneth Walker, the third. On the season so far, he has 30 carries for 321 yards and five TDs. That's that's beasting. That's beasting. That Miami's going to have a very tough time with that. They haven't looked good at all. I were they as bad as what Alabama made them look? But then they followed that up with the stinker the following week. Yeah, that game with Appalachian State was was within a play or two of going the other way. I, but I'm going to lean towards Miami and the six and a half. 
Okay. Uh, I don't think they'll cover the six and a half. But the reason why I'm leaning towards Miami, it's not nothing to do with on the field. I just want to give a shout out to the Riverwood uh, athletic director, Coach Mazio, and his daughter, who is a 2021 valedictorian from Riverwood High School, now runs track and cross country at the U. So big shout out to the Mazios and go U. Go you. No, I, I agree. No, I'm hoping for a strong showing. I, I want to see a good game. And I do admire the Canes um, coming out there. And, and I mean, they're, they're giving it I mean, everything they have. And it's, it, last week, I think one of those situations, that is a, that is a game that was kind of sandwiched in there, that App, App State game. You had, you had Alabama on one side, then you got Michigan State on the other one. And that was supposed to be your cupcake. And it was anything but. So they it, could have been, it could have been as simple as they're getting over the loss and then they were looking ahead to Michigan State and they thought Appalachian State was just going to be a cakewalk. However, ask Michigan about Appalachian State. Yeah, yeah. They're right there in the same conference. I mean, right there. I mean, Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, that they're going to. Any on any given Saturday, if you don't come out there with your best shot, you have a chance of getting taken out. Taken out. Well, I know who's not going to get taken out this week, and that's Alabama. Okay. They so, travel down to Gainesville to play the University of Florida. I, I know we're going to talk about this later, but after this game is over. Are they going to have um, SEC East apparel available at the Georgia Bulldog locker room <laughs> after their so, win? Are they, are they, are they going to be able to clint the, the say we are SEC East champs uh, when this game is over? When Georgia comes out of the, the when Georgia comes comes into the locker room instead of out because the game have, wouldn't even be started yet. They're going to have all the all the hats, all the shirts, all the banners. 20, 2022 or twenty twenty one SEC East champs. I don't think Coach Smart's gonna uh, gonna let them get that far. Ahead. Good, they, they, good, <laughs> good, good. But <laughs> Florida's two and zero. They have quarterback issues because the old saying is, "If you have two, you don't have one." Yeah, and and this should be Emory um, Emory's job. I mean, it should be. He's been there. He's sat behind these other great players, other great quarterbacks who come through the system. He should be very familiar with the system, but there's something between practice and game that's not translating for him. Uh, but, but that's how it is. There are some players that are great practice players, but they can't translate it to the game. I think Eason was one of those guys for the University of Georgia where he was great in practice, couldn't translate it to the game. But I think the other guy is Richardson. Richardson, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson is a little bit more of a gamer can get out there during the game and put and can put up some numbers and they are probably seeing enough of it where if they need a spark, they know they have him in their back pocket to go out there and get that spark. Does anything need to be said about Alabama? They're, they're, they're a machine. Do you realize that coach Saban is 40, 40 and three against SEC, SEC East teams? <laughs> that, that is, that is unreal. That's unreal. That's almost like 
it does that, that defies probability and logic. I will give it to um, Florida. They were uh, in the SEC championship last year. They only lost by six points. Mm-hmm. Um, but this game, Alabama's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. I think Alabama covers that easily. I am going to have to agree with that just because I think that Alabama is just going to have too much offense. Washington play offense uh, in the Miami game and then what I saw from Mercer, they have a very hard system to adjust to. And it's one of those things where no matter how good your, your, your practices are, you can't simulate that speed until you're out there against them. Right. And that is, that is something very, very hard to, uh, hard to prepare for. So once you get adapted to it, you might already be down 21 points. And then what they're going to start running on you. Like you have out Florida has to score almost on every possession just to stay with Alabama. No, I agree with that. I, I, and they have I, to get and they have to get stops on the defensive end. They need at least five five punts this game to make this a close game. And I don't see Alabama punting five times in any game. And you got to create some turnovers somehow, some way to cre- create some turnovers. No field goals, all touchdowns. You you can't. I mean, if you're in, if you're inside the thirty-five, you're going. You're you're going fourth and short. You're going for it every time. Hey, because the swamp, the swamp has to be. It has to be rocking and rolling from the beginning. From the beginning. Mm. Hearing that Star Wars theme, it's got to be played by the band throughout the game. This is um. I don't know why. This particular line is only at 14 and a half. I would have been okay with 21 points. Yeah, yeah. I, they're giving, I think they're giving Florida the benefit of the doubt having the game at, uh, in Gainesville. And watch, I may be all wrong come Saturday afternoon. Yeah, no, the only, the only way, way I can see Florida being in this game, if they get, I mean, it is turnovers. It is them just getting some, some wacky turnovers early or getting some, uh, getting some possessions on their, on uh, Alabama side of the field and giving them a short field to work with. I mean, with Alabama, it's easier said than done. And I'm not even an Alabama homer. I just recognize greatness. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they have given us no reason to doubt their strategy or their game plans leading up to these games. And Saban uh, is familiar with Dan Mullen. Uh, what, what a bad draw this year by the University of Florida, having to play Alabama LSU in the same season. Well, the old LSU. This the old LSU. LSU. Yeah, yeah, this they, year's they, LSU. This should be a cakewalk for them. Yeah, yeah. But that's still – it's still a very physical – should be a very physical game. But, but yeah, no, Nick Saban and Alabama wins this game um, by, by at least 20 points. Well, here's a team that's going to blow out. This is going to try to put up 70 points on everybody from here on out, and that's Clemson. They host Georgia Tech this week. Yeah, Georgia Tech. <sighs> what, can, what can you say about Georgia Tech – they have they have tried to revamp their they went from a from a triple option attack to a pro style and experienced some growing pains. 
Clemson is just far superior in every aspect of the game uh, than Georgia Tech. This used to be one of my this used to be one of my favorite games of the season. It, it did. Um, I, I I mean I go back to the George Gotzi days, uh-huh. and and uh, I'm trying to think think about uh, all the I think you got Spiller on the uh, on the on Clemson Tigers. Uh, Chad Carson was a linebacker back then. So it's been it's a it's a storied rivalry. I mean they're 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 historic rivalry teams, but it's gone. Clemson is far I mean they're they've won national they've won national championship. They've been in six playoff rounds. So and Georgia Tech has struggled mightily that entire time. Clemson's just I, far yeah. I expected more from Georgia Tech so far this year. Um, I know Sims, their starting quarterback from last year, he's a sophomore or redshirt freshman this year. I, the COVID thing, I don't I don't know who's what anymore. But um, he's been injured. They have Jordan Yates, who's been okay, uh, and Jameer Gibbs running the ball. But, like, the growing pains, I thought Jeff Collins, I thought this was going to be their turnaround year. Doesn't look like it so far. I win over Clemson, a statement statement game. But Clemson has something to prove. With the loss to Georgia and with the rest of the ACC looking abysmal, mm-hmm. I believe, like, I think they're going to have to put up points to make a showcase to get back into the playoffs. I don't think this Clemson is a 28-point favorite. I'm go ahead and double that. I think it's going to be sixty-three to seven. It's going to be a fifty-six point win. Yeah, yeah, I, I have it up there in that range. They Tech has no defense. They have no offense, and Clemson has a lot to prove. And a very what what we what we what we're going to see this weekend is a true measure of how good Clemson's offense is versus a normal team. Right. Oof. The big game for this week will be at Beaver Stadium, University yes. Park, Pennsylvania. Yes. Number 22, Auburn versus number 10, Penn State. I have been waiting on this game. This is, this is the game. This is my game of the day. This, this game has me the most hype out of all the games on the schedule this week. Uh, I will tell you why. Okay, why? SEC, uh-huh. we're, we're the big bad SEC. We, we, from top to bottom, Auburn is one of the flagship teams of this conference. Penn State, Big Ten, right now looking like the premier team in the Big Ten. James Franklin has them, has them ready, has them primed. Auburn has never been to Beaver Stadium, never, never been there. This is their first time in there. Bo Nix. He is not the greatest. He's not. <laughs> he hasn't been proven. But in those big games, for some reason, he makes the most ridiculously lucky plays. His freshman year against Oregon in the opening game, they were down like, like 14 points. He rallied in the fourth quarter to get them to the, uh, to get the win. This is that situation where this game is going to go back and forth it's going to get so close in the fourth quarter, and Bo Nix is going to make a play that is going to win this game. Whoa. 
You taking Auburn? I am taking the Auburn Tigers. Penn State. They're two and zero. Two and zero. Big win. Throw it up the season. It was. It was a big win. Uh, I saw them struggle on offense. This is a whiteout game. Mm-hmm. Very hostile environment. But they're only eight and eight in their whiteout games. So how effective is the whiteout game? And then Auburn. Ah, I don't. You know. Oh, I got to go with Auburn. They got another Georgia guy calling plays. Mike Bobo. Mike Bobo. Yes, sir. Who is a teammate of Kirby and Will Muschamp. So, I don't think Auburn's going to be afraid of anything Penn State has to offer, be it the fans, be it what's on the field. I think Auburn is a little underrated. I think they, they're flying under the radar right now. But after this game, I think everyone's going to pay attention to them. I'll take... I'll take Auburn also. Okay. Okay. SEC. SEC all the way on that. I, I think that they're they're going to get in there, and it's going to be the speed matchup that's going to be one of the deciding factors in that. I just think that Auburn's going to have a little bit of a speed advantage. Uh-huh. And uh, I just don't think they'll be able to react. I think they have some good running backs who we haven't, we haven't seen reach their full potential, but – these big games, nationally televised games, I think they'll be able to step up and make make some plays. And then Bo Nix finding finding that horseshoe and uh, being able to luck into some plays because he's not he's not great. He's proven. I mean, people have been wanting him out of there for the past year, looking for somebody else to come up there and take that to take that spot. But now I think they're going to be able to pull it off. I will say this: you're talking about speed. Penn State has a receiver, number five. I think his name is Dotson. He has to be the wild card. He has to produce. This guy is electric in the open field. He has soft hands, catch a good catch radius. Look out for number five in this game. If he has a big game against that Auburn secondary, Penn State may may pull this out. But overall, I'm going to take Auburn in this one. But watch out for Dotson. I like him a lot. Okay. No. All right. I'll be looking out for him. Yeah, I'll be looking out for him. He's got to have to step up against that. Uh, against that against that defense. Now the game that I might have to try to stay up to watch, because I've been on their bandwagon, Herm Edwards, is Arizona State versus BYU. Yeah. A top yeah. twenty-five matchup. It's in uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. <sighs> This this game, BYU, I mean, they're independent. But they just did who just took them in? The Big Twelve. Big twelve, yeah. In. Just took them in. So we get to see what BYU will bring to the Big Twelve as they play the Pac Twelve. My Pac Twelve favorite in Arizona State. Arizona State is favored by three and a half. I, I, 
who who's the quarterback that just got drafted by the Jets? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. You know, numbers that the he was the second quarterback taken after Trevor Lawrence. I, I saw him play at BYU a couple times. He could give you as many headaches as he gives you the attaboys. You know what I mean? Yeah, like no. he was, and I don't know. I haven't watched their new quarterback, Jaron Hall, play. But in a game like this, I think you have to have consistent play. You can't have turnovers. You can't have mental mistakes. And the mental mistakes have fallen Arizona State over the past two years with Mm -hmm. uh, Herm Edwards. He needs to get that under control. Yeah. Uh, I – I – Sticking with the team that I picked to win the Pac-12 this year, I'm going with Arizona State. Although I, I'm a little nervous about this. BYU is a strong team, especially they are. in Provo. They, they they play a lot of Pac-12 opponents. Like in fact, they played USC last year and beat them. Oof. Yeah, they beat them. They beat them last year. That was one of or two years ago they played them and they beat them. So with that, I, I mean, I, I know they're there to play. I mean, I, I know that they're. They are a legit team. So, um, and I've watched them play. I watched them play with Zach Wilson. So they they did, but they lost to Coastal Carolina last year. Coastal Carolina, though, is a really good team, a well-coached team. They are well-coached, well-coached. But that was one of the games where I looked at – that's where I looked at Zach Wilson. I was like, no, this dude isn't – he's not – I was like, he's good, but is he elite-level quarterback? I I was like – He's okay. He's not I, – I thought Justin Fields was better. That's neither here nor there. But the team, the BYU team, is a, is a really, really um, – they play a wide-open style of offense, four-wide, like, like most schools do. But they do have – their quarterbacks do always have a little bit of an X factor. Like Zach Wilson was able to to run, not 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 like not like Michael Vick type runs, but right. third. He was third a playmaker. And, yeah, third and short, pick it up. You know, if it's second and fifteen, he'll run, get six seven yards, make it manageable. That's how that's how they they are. So I do think they 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 do have enough talent to compete with teams from the Pac-12, but I think that Arizona State is a better better team, and they'll be better at this game. Um, better in this game. Okay. Well, I know I know how you like your LA teams. Yeah. This this game for UCLA could be a trap game as they play Fresno State in the is, Rose Bowl. Is, is Fresno State joined the Pac-12? <laughs> <laughs> right. Why are they beating up on all the Pac-12 teams? That's like that's like their new thing. They're like, you know, we're gonna. We're going to sneak our way in, and we're going to join the Pac-12. Why not? Why not? Uh, they played Oregon to almost a to almost a loss. They played Oregon very tough. And we saw how good Oregon was that, that next week. So, yeah, this is going to be a tough game for, for UCLA because Fresno State is legit. They're a legit team. So, if UCLA doesn't show up, but they have been. They played some. They played some great games. DTR is going to have to focus and uh, do what he's been doing to get this win. And my boy, the running back, uh, Charbonnet. I, I 
I think it's just the name Charbonnet. I like that's that cool name. name. It's a cool name. It is. It's a cool name. Charbonnet and DTR are two great, two of the greatest names in college football <laughs> right now. Um, Chip Kelly is rolling right now. Yeah, they went into they well they hosted LSU, beat LSU, they beat Hawaii. Fresno State's up next for them. I see the trend continuing. I think, I think Chip Kelly has something special out there um, in LA. They have another they, next week. They play Stanford, and then October second is the big game against Arizona State. They he they get this win and win against Stanford after what Stanford did to U, USC. They'll have all the momentum going into that game. So they definitely have to win this game, and I think, I think they'll take this game against uh, Fresno State. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that they have a. Uh, I think they they do have the advantage of, of one seeing how well Fresno State has played these other teams or played Oregon. So they're not going to sneak up on them with uh, with their talent. So I, I do think that that UCLA has. They they are making a run and they're making statements, and if they're on their if they're on their game if they if they play like they've been playing they'll 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 win this game. They are eleven point favorites. I don't think they'll cover those those eleven points. I think uh, yeah. Fresno State. They're such a solid team, well coached team. I see them. I see it as a three point game, twenty four twenty one UCLA. Let's just make it the Pac-13 and just add them. Um, but, yeah, I, I see them winning. I see UCLA winning close. Maybe maybe one last drive, getting a field goal um, to, to solve it away and winning by, by like, four. Well, one of the biggest rivalries in the South is Georgia and South Carolina. They play between the hedges Saturday night. Georgia's a – Unbelievable, 31-and-a-half-point favorite. I can't – as somebody who's lost to South Carolina personally, this is incredible. <laughs> like, two years ago, South Carolina beat Georgia Yeah, in, in Athens. Um, but this is a rebuild. This is a total rebuild for Shane Beamer. And going back even farther than that, 1990. I saw Quincy Carter throw five interceptions in one game to South Carolina. Was it four and one half, or was it all four five in the first? I think it's all five in the first half. It, it was a blur. It was, it was a blur, but it, it was it was it it just I, it bothers me. But that we can go from there from that point where where they were they were literally a better team at that point than Georgia to a point now twenty years later where they it is even laughable that UAB might be a better team than the University of South Carolina. They are a better team. They are, Every, yeah. People underestimate UAB, but UAB has had a strong defense past three years. I'm concerned with Georgia, again, at, at the quarterback position. I don't know who's going to be starting. I don't know if JT Daniels is recovered from the oblique injury. I don't know who the number two quarterback is. Uh, is it Beck or is it Stetson Bennett? Um, 
I would go – if it was me, I would go with Stetson. Stetson's dealing with his own injuries, I saw this week. He had a lower oh. back – he had a lower back thing. So, so who so, is I that? Mean, that? It's I, Beck I, and then I, – I think you go with Carson. I think you go with Carson, and then you have uh, – then you have um, – uh, Vandergriff? Is it Vandergriff? Is that? I don't, the... you, I, don't, I don't know if you pull the do you pull the red shirt off of Vandergriff. Well, I mean, they get four games to play in during the mm. year. Let then, let this then, be one of them. Then maybe, then maybe this might be it. I I just don't believe that JT is uh, is still dealing. I mean, this injury is pretty serious. Where you know, luck, luckily and unluckily, well, I was going to say luckily, South Carolina is this week, then Vanderbilt's next week. Those are the those are your two games for Georgia coming up. So, so do you hold them out? You hold them out would, these next two I, games. I would I would hold them out. I would I would definitely hold them out these next two games. Um, Bennett proved that he can that he can handle the job. So let him let him play. Carson Beck was also good in relief. I um I wouldn't hold them out two games. I maybe this game and let him play Vanderbilt if he's heel. Talking about JT Daniels, only because I think he needs that in-game reps. I don't think he could come into a big game without the reps. I mean, the live action, the speed gets a little faster during the games as compared to practice. Although everybody's fast in Georgia right now, so yeah. but it's it's just the atmosphere. You know, getting everybody settled in the huddle, getting your play calls out. You need that repetition. Even, like, taking snaps under the center during a game game situation. Um, that concerns me with Georgia is the quarterback, which has been the Achilles heel, Achilles heel the past five years for UGA. But UGA will win this game. I don't think they'll cover, I think, I think Georgia's defense will step up again and not allow a touchdown. I think the game will be 30 to zero. I think they'll blank South Carolina this week. Yeah. Yeah. South Carolina is not very good. And Georgia getting them at this point is lucky um, because, because of our quarter, their quarterback situation right now at the moment. So I'm, I'm not as concerned um, about, who plays quarterback. I just want to get out of this game healthy, get everybody, get everybody some reps across the board and then move on to the next week. But are we, are we underestimating South Carolina? I mean, I know they don't have the talent as Georgia, but South Carolina recruits out of Georgia. Like they get the second, third tier players out of Georgia. So, you know, that these Georgia high school players, they got something to prove. They come hyped for this game, you know. It's almost like it's a homecoming for them. The so one, they want to show well. The one guy who could give us trouble is J.C. Horn, and he's gone. He's on the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, enough said. I, I'll go with that. Georgia over South Carolina, they don't make – they don't cover, though. I don't no. – that's, that's a high 31-and-a-half for yeah. a rivalry. Yeah, they, they, they pulled the dogs back at that point. And then, unless it's just some freak, they just get get like four scoop or three scooped scores at some point during the game. They they won't cover that because they just don't. I mean, it's it would just be pointless. What uh, are there any particular players you're looking out for this week? 
Well, I want to see if uh, if Kayvon Thibodeau gets back on the on the field this week. I, I do want to see if that happens. Um, I also want to see um, who is my guy. Oh, my. Uh, okay, so Florida State is playing Wake Forest this weekend. Uh, Florida State is zero and two. Wake Forest is two and zero. <laughs> uh, what, what is, what is the, what is our quarterback from Florida state? The dude who came in there, uh, and almost beat Notre Dame. McKenzie Milton. McKenzie Milton. I want to see him get a win. That's what I want to see. After all that he's been through, I want to see him get a win. I want to, I mentioned him earlier and out of that Penn state and Auburn game, I want to see what Dotson does. I think, I really like Dotson. I, I I saw him against Wisconsin. And I didn't think they got him the ball enough, but they did pull out the win. I I keep an eye on Dotson. Dotson. Okay, I will definitely definitely keep an eye on him. Um, also, I want to see the Georgia defense. Just swarm again. This one of my is being being. I love defense. So watching Georgia's defense play the way that they have, holding these teams without touchdowns is is a thing of beauty to me. So I want to see that continue this week. I want to see what type of PlayStation numbers Matt Corral has at Ole Miss. They they host Tulane this week. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be the scoreboard is not going to hold. That line, though, is only uh, 14 in favor of Ole Miss. I don't know. That, I don't know what that's about. Huh. I, is Tulane that good? Well, that's, they did that's, that's a, they, they did come back on Oklahoma and, uh, and almost win that game. Yeah, they weren't – I don't think Oklahoma is as good as they have been in the recent past. So I don't know what to take from that Tulane game. Um, but Matt Corral, he has 600 yards passing on the season. I think he almost matched that in this game. I So I, I'm looking out for Matt Corral. I want to see what type of uh, PlayStation numbers he has this week. All right. And lastly, we're just going to see if Bo Nix – can have the game of his life up there in uh, Happy Valley. See if he can do it. Um, I do not I, – I don't know. He's going to have to have a combination of his feet and his arm. He's going to need both. He's, and he, he is a good athlete. I've seen him make plays. I've seen him do it. Um, but he's going to have to do both. And, and that, that game rides on his ability to play – one of the best games of his career. So I'm looking out for him. And lastly, for me, the Heisman Trophy can be wrapped up this week, I believe, with Bryce Young. Like, this dude is unbelievable. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they're doing down there in Alabama, what they do differently with their quarterbacks. I mean, the receivers are always open. So really, you just have to put the ball <laughs> in the general vicinity of them. Right. But this – this week, he if a huge game out of Bryce Young, he will. After three weeks, I believe he could have this um, Heisman Trophy wrapped up, barring injury. Yes, my final one is Spencer Rattler. 
Now he he's got some work to do because he's uh-huh. had he's had close games. He's played he's played well, but I mean we've seen this Nebraska defense be bad. We we have we've seen him not be not be able to hold people. Um, Oklahoma is a wide open type offense, so this is a game where I'm looking for him to put up the numbers that have people thinking that he's going to be in the first round of the high in the first round of the draft. Well, as of right now, I don't see any quarterback being taken in the top ten. Yeah, yeah, this is a this is a bad year for quarterbacks right now, the way that it looks. Hey, let me ask you a question. What is Stony Brook? And what is a Seawolf? I I I'm gonna tell you, I don't know. That's who Oregon plays this week. <laughs> I don't even know where Stony Brook is located. No, okay, so um, this is, if Kayvon Thibodeau is healthy, he would get 10 sacks against, 10 sacks against the school. Maybe on one foot. Maybe he can just hop on one leg and get five sacks against the school. Like, I need to do a search. I need to find out where Stony Brook is located. I need to find out what a, what a sea wolf is. And how is this game on the schedule? <laughs> is it a, uh, one double? They're coming... Stony Brook is located in New York. They're going from this better be like a two million dollar payout for them. <laughs> maybe maybe one of Phil Knight's kids goes to Stony Brook. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Like there has to be. I know they schedule games far in advance, but the place. Someone called Stony Brook. I, is that a one double A or is that a? Uh, can they even play uh, Division three school? Like I, I, this is this might be this might be fringe. Like the risk of so many injuries. Keep Thibodeau out of this game. Like yeah, yeah, I agree. Keep him out. There's, a, I'm not in favor of you know sister of the poor schools. I understand the money that's involved. But wow, you just beat Oregon. I mean, you just beat Ohio State, and then you're gonna sit there and, and have to coach coach your team up against Stony Brook. What does he say in practice? How does he get him up for this game? There's nothing he can say. There's nothing. There's nothing you can say. There's nothing. I'm not. I I, I don't even know. I we we're not even running real plays. We're just gonna get to the. We're just gonna free. We're just gonna freelance this whole game. That's what I'm. T- that's what I'm telling them. It's like, look, any play that we run is a potential touchdown. I mean, I'm talking about draws or or like uh, or just simple dives, sweeps, touchdowns against Stony Brook. I mean, Stony Brook did beat Colgate last week, which means nothing to me. I, nothing. I, 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 like. <laughs> I'm, I'm flabbergasted over this one. Stony Brook Seawolves. All right. So that's all of the uh, big week two, uh, week three games. Okay. Well, I want to give one more shout out, and this is to our music producer, Lifted Z, Zach Jones. He does a great job for us. Amazing I appreciate, job. I appreciate the editing that he does for us. Uh, if you get a chance, check them out. Google them. Go to um, Spotify, search for Lifted Z, listen to his rap. He's trying to dev into some metal, too. 
the dude is very talented. Big shout out to Lifted Z. Lifted Z, thank you for coming through. This has been Dennis Stovall and Pless Kelly with Podcast 2E. Thank you guys. Oh, don't forget to like, share, follow on any social media. I appreciate it, guys.